scripture memory verse tonight, Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. Romans 12, 21. Anybody else? Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Romans 12, 21. Good. Good job. Anybody else? Did I get that right? I thought I said it right. I said by instead of with. I thought so. Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Romans 12, 21. Good. Anybody else? Good job. I'm looking. I um, want to actually look at a couple things here. I was trying to figure it out. Again, do not be overcome. The word overcome is, I'm going to do this a couple times, a couple different ways. Overcome is to be subdued or conquered, or get the victory. That's what it means. So do not be subdued or allow evil to get the victory in your life, but you want to get the victory, subdue evil with good. By doing what? By doing good. By, by sharing the gospel, by living according to the gospel, by learning the word of God, being led by the spirit of God, and applying the wisdom of God to every situation you overcome. And so we've got a couple of things where really the context of this, and I, I, and I don't want to teach the whole chapter. That's why my brain is kind of uh, uh, going about 12 different ways right now. But what's the context? The very first verse of the chapter, the first two verses, is the context. When Paul pleads with him, he says, I urge you, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, concerning the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So really surrendering as a um, sacrifice to God is where this starts at. And then we begin to learn that that the entire world lies underneath the sway of the wicked one or underneath the sway of evil. And we want to learn to be led by the spirit of God that dwells in us. And so a couple places here, he says in, let's look, I, I got to be careful, but 14, let's look at chapter, or verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. What? Bless and do not curse them. See that? This is, this is what being under the Spirit of God is, is that, listen, God demonstrated his own love toward us in that where we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it's, it's different than what we might think to do in our flesh. So he says if somebody's persecuting you, and really persecute means to pursue you, 
Persecute is talking about you're fleeing. They're pursuing you. They cause you to flee by what they're doing to you. This is much worse than what we have where people say, you Christians, and they talk about you. They say something bad. This, he's really talking about people who literally persecute you, cause you to have to flee from their presence. And he's saying, don't, you know, those who persecute you, don't, don't be mad at them. Don't curse them, but pray for them. You, you know, and this is pretty amazing. Let me look at it. it. Curse, it says, bless those who persecute you and do not curse them. Well, what's curse mean? It means to, to doom them, to imprecate evil upon them, which means to pray for calamity or something bad to happen to them. Listen, they're persecuting you, and you're like, knock their teeth down their throat, Lord. No, the Bible is telling us not to do that. In fact, Jesus says to pray for your enemies. Pray for those who spitefully use you. You're supposed to do the opposite. So what does he say here uh, in 17? He says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends upon you. In other words, your actions, not their actions. They might still be persecuting, but you want to be at peace as much as it depends upon you. Live peaceably with all men. Not just, not just in the body of Christ, not just people that say, I love Jesus, not just people in your family, not just nice people. Everybody can do that. In fact, let's go over to Matthew and just look at what Jesus said. Matthew 5, 43. Let's just look what he says, because he takes this a little bit further where it's really... Uh, it really opens up to you. I want you to see this, and then we're going to get into uh, the actual scripture memory verse. He says, as much as depends upon you. What depends upon you? Well, they yelled at me, so I'm yelling back. They cussed me, so I'm cussing them back. They threw something at me, so I'm throwing something back. They showed me the tall finger, so I'm showing it back. No, don't, don't repay evil for evil. What is their verse? Do not be overcome by evil. When you repay it, when you act like them, you're overcome by it. You're subdued by it. You're saying uh, an eye for an eye. You're going to do exactly what they do to you. But he says overcome evil with good. But look what Jesus said. You have heard, verse 43 of Matthew 5, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. See, that's the law. Or what, or what Pharisees and Sadducees and ruling authorities interpreted the law to mean that you have heard, right? But I say to you, this is Jesus, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, sons and daughters. You may be children of your Father, that's how his character is. He sent his only son to save us, even though we hated him, even though we never cared about him, even though he, God demonstrated his own love toward us, and yet that we were sinners, Christ died for us. Think about it. If he would have repaid us evil for evil, he would have cast us all into hell. But that's not the character of the God we serve or the character that he's trying to instill and live through us with which we're supposed to be at peace. And that's what Jesus has offered. There's peace in Christ with God. And we're supposed to be at peace with all men as far as we are able. Look, for he makes the son. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not the son, is it? His son. 
See, because it's his son. When people start telling you a whole bunch of stuff about astrology, about the planets, about the stars, about what they're going to do to the sun, listen, that's God's son. He created that. He spoke it into existence. It's his son. It's his possession. Rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even tax collectors do the same. Now listen, tax collectors were the dregs of society. And he's saying their character is so, they cheat you, they do all these things, but they love those who love them. They're mad at those who are mean to them. They can do that. That's a pretty powerful statement. 47, and if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, that word, that's our goal. To be complete. It means to be complete, full of age. It means to grow in uh, uh, mentality and morality of character. We're growing in this. That's the state. We're always looking to be a, of a... Uh, following, being led by the Spirit, following the Spirit, and growing in how we treat and act with others. No matter how they act, we remain the same. Has God ever changed? No. Did Jesus change because of how somebody treated him? No. He was led like a, a, a sheep to, to slaughter, and he went quietly before his, 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 his persecutors. Listen, what people do should not change who we are. Our character is designed and set by our inheritance, by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, by the truth of God, by our example, Jesus Christ. Now, back in our text again, we're supposed to be, as much as it depends on us, living peaceably with all men. And in verse 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. That's Deuteronomy 32, 35. Says the Lord, let the Lord deal with them. We just keep giving them peace. We just keep giving them the word of God. We keep being who we are because of what Christ has done in our life. We become those vessels of mercy, those vessels of grace. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And that's again Proverbs 25, 21, and 22. Notice how we're in our character doing something different. He's our enemy. Let him starve to death. No, feed him. See, we're, we're enemies with God. And he came down and spoke to us. He came down to save us. He came down and offered us the right hand of fellowship. He came down and offered us peace with God if we will receive it. If he's thirsty, give him drink. We drink from the rivers of living water, the well of living water. For in so doing, you heap coals of fire on his head. Now, I think this was a thing where, um, at least the way I've always understood it is, you would, they were nomadic people, and you go from camp to camp. If you didn't take some hot coals with you, you couldn't start another fire. It's not like they had lighters and matches like we do. A lot of times they had to have the coals. So the coals on their head they would carry on, on, a, on some type of a container, and they would carry them from camp to camp so they could start their next fire. 
and heaping coals on their head was giving them coals to start their next fire, even when they didn't deserve it. It was part of helping them out, part of uh, uh, um, turning them back and giving them provision for their life. And so, again, the, 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 con the, the scripture that we have before us, do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. And we're going to live a different way than our sin nature would have us live. And, and, I, and I have to bring this up before we really go into this real deep, is that if you didn't have chapter and verse, and this was just a manuscript that was written in a scroll like the Bible was before we divided it up in chapter and verse so that I could say turn to chapter 13, you would notice that the next verse is about being subject to the government. It's about authority. And, and, and it, it actually would read right together. It wouldn't be separated. So that's interesting to look at when it says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. Let every soul be subject to the governing and authorities. Now, right now, if you're a saint, the governing authority is God and his word and we're supposed to be surrendering. How do you do that, Greg? Well, I would urge you to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And when we come under authority, when we come under all the authority and recognize that we need to be under authority and not in rebellion, we can begin to say, I'm going to apply the, allow the Spirit of God to apply the Word of God to my life, and I'm not going to repay evil for evil. I'm not going to be overcome because that's so evil in the world today. If you look out there at the crime in the street, if you look out at what's going on in the way death culture is killing God's Word, and I'm telling you right now, they're coming after the church they're coming after light bearers. They're coming after anybody that will say that the word of God is authoritative and the authority of our life, and we need to follow it. But we're not going to be overcome by that. Why? Because it's not the president. It's not the police department. It's not the color of our skin. It's a sin problem. Listen to me. And our battle is not flesh and blood. It's a principalities and powers. It's a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. And so when we begin to look at the evil out there and we become overcome, we repay somebody and they're not the enemy. My spouse is not my enemy. My boss is not my enemy. The president is not my enemy. Our enemy, the enemy of our soul is the devil. And we have to get this straight because there's a push out there in our world, listen, when you repay evil for evil because they're lawless, let's be lawless back. Listen, they're lawless, so let's just be lawless back. Let's fight this battle. And listen, I'm not here to save this world. I'm not here to save the United States of America. I am not called to do those things. And yet there's such a push that we need to get out there and fight back. We need to get out there and stand strong. And the reason the church and the reason the world is like this is because we're not standing and fighting. No, the reason, the reason this is happening is because the Bible tells us that men's hearts grow worse and worse. When you ignore God, 
when you reject God, when you exclude God, when you think that you're going to have an entire world living without the Spirit of God and the truth of God, you automatically beget evil. And if you take God out of everything, it's an automatic thing. But the church does not need to be involved in that fight physically. We're called to stand, not to fight. The only way that we fight is by handing out the truth of God's word. Now, I, I told somebody this today. I don't care if you vote or don't vote. I'm a citizen of heaven. I already voted for King Jesus. When I said I will and I do and I became married to Christ and betrothed to Christ as the bride of Christ and surrendered my life, now he comes in and he's changing my character. And I pray that he's doing that with you. And the only way to do that is by getting into the word, by becoming a living sacrifice, by learning what your gifts and talents and abilities are, by sharing Christ. And even as you share the truth of God's word, he's washing and cleansing you. Wait a minute, I got my own issues. Listen, as you let him live through you and take care of you, you watch him wash and cleanse you. You learn who he is and his mercy and grace towards others as he uses you in the way where he speaks through you or shares through you or works through you. You see his character and nature more fully so that you can become like him. But we are not to be involved in this fight. If you look over at Ephesians 6, we are not listening to the call that we hear in a lot of pulpits to fight back. One side is saying fight back. The other side is saying apologize for being white. Listen to me. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you that the only thing we're called to do in the church is what? Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples. Teach others. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey all that I commanded you. We're called to share the gospel and allow God to bring fruit and people into his family to be married to his son so they can receive their inheritance back that was lost with Adam and Eve. There's an inheritance that's been given into the family of God. And we're married back into the family of God, brought in to worship the Father in spirit and truth because of our kinsman redeemer. So if you look at Ephesians 6, as Paul closes out the letter, you'll see this. And I'm not going to give an exhaustive study of this, but it starts in 6.10. And I would encourage you to memorize 6.10 through 20. We did that with the whole Bible study, and it was amazing one night where we did this and we let them do that. And that's all we did because there was about 15, 20 people in that study that actually memorized every bit of this over a course of time. 6, 10 to 20. And I'm not going to quote it for you. I do know it. I can't quote it for you. It's amazing to know. It's something that you should do is put on the full armor of God is what it's talking about. But every piece of the armor of God is really putting on the truth of Christ. It's putting on truth. It's allowing your mind to be washed in truth. And if we went through it, we would know that. You can get the tapes on when we covered this. But listen to what he says as we start looking at um, 6.10. Finally, and it doesn't mean like this is the last thing I want to say, but it's finally. This is really the most important thing that he said in the book. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Where are you going to be strong at? 
Where's our strength come from? In the power, excuse me, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Listen, Satan is mighty, but God is almighty. Very important to know that. Very important. And, and the Bible tells us, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. In Zechariah 4, 6. We, we need to be strong in the Lord. And that's what a living sacrifice is. Allowing the Holy Spirit to live through us. We stand in the Lord. We fight in the Lord. We, we, we fight. How do we fight? With the sword of the Spirit. We'll see in a minute. That's the only way. As we hand out the truth of God's Word. We're not going to be overcome by evil. But we're going to overcome evil with good. In the power of His might. Well, what do we do? Verse 11. Put on. Now, when you actually look at it, there's a, there's a permanence to it, but we're putting it on and being reminded of it mentally and morally every day. Put on the whole armor of God. Listen, a lot of people like to put on part of the armor of God. What do you mean? Well, I just said a prayer, so I'm saved. Well, wait a minute. You're not being clothed in Christ. You're not learning the truth. You're not learning what truth does. You're not learning how to march as a soldier in the army of the living God and recognizing that there's an enemy out there trying to destroy you. All you've done is said a prayer, and you're not putting on the armor, which protects you. You're not learning what it is, but you put on the whole armor, not part of it. We want to learn the whole will of God. We want to come underneath the whole influence of the Holy Spirit. Or you'll be overcome with evil. Why are we putting on the armor of God? The protection of God. That you may be able to stand, histamai, abide, continue, remain. We were talking about it before the study. You don't want to skirt around on the edge of stuff. You want to be in the center of God's will. You want to abide, continue, and remain. You need to stay in the center of God's will. You, well, you're going to stand against what, Greg? The wiles of the devil. It's the word methodia. It's, it's his methods. His methods haven't changed at all. They've never changed. If we had time, we would stop. It's, it's attacking the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the boastful pride of life. It's what he did with Eve. It's what he did in Matthew 4 with, with uh, Jesus. His methods don't change. They always keep coming the same exact way. You can learn the wiles. You can stand against the wiles, and you always do it with truth. And truth is Christ. So when you're putting on the armor, you're putting on the truth of God's word. Now, I'd love to tell you a lot more, but if you remember, just simply, uh, if you remember the testimony of David and Goliath. See, there's always this, there's always this temptation from the enemy for you to put on worldly, uh, sensual, demonic wisdom, to put on the armor of the world, to put on what they're doing. And that's what King Saul tempted David with when young David came and said, I'll fight against this enemy that's in the valley, this certain death that's in the valley, this giant. And the enemy enticed the king at the time, Saul, and said, here, put on my armor. And David said, no, I haven't tested it. That's the wisdom of the world. It hasn't been tested yet. But God's truth is always here. It's always been tested. It will always be right. It will always be able to protect you against the wiles of the devil. And so what did he go down? He said, you come at me with sword and spear. But I come to you in the name of the Lord God. In the armies of the Lord God you have defied. And he come in the character, the nature, the will of God. He came according to the God of Israel. The God of those who 
are governed by God. And so you want to understand, you don't want to put on some other kind of armor. Well, I'm good, I got enough in my bank. I'm good, I got enough in my tank. I'm good, I got enough strength in my own arms. Those things will end you in a ditch. The enemy is mighty, but God is almighty. We want to put on the armor of God. Now, I'm trying to get to a point here that you need to understand is that our battle is not flesh and blood. That's next. We're standing against the wiles. We're just standing. Well, where are you standing at, Greg? In the victory that Christ has brought on the cross. The enemy has been defeated. The enemy is dead. He's going about all of this charade in front of us, but he's accomplishing nothing. He's only doing what would test your heart. He's only doing what would test the hearts of people. He's only deciding, as the jewelry would do, what you're going to decide in the final end. Are you going to take the mark? Of the beast, or are you going to live on the seal of the Holy Spirit for God? That's what we're called to do. The mark of the beast, I decided to follow and put on the armor of the world, or I'm going to stand in Christ and I'm going to rest in his victory on the cross because we're not fighting for victory, we're fighting from victory. It's the battle's been won. Jesus said, To tell us, it is finished. He stamped the debt paid, it was over with. But the enemy wants you to keep fighting. And you're fighting against God if you're not putting on the armor. We're fighting against God if we're not in the word, prayer, and fellowship. We're fighting against God if we're not resting in the finished works of Jesus because of the blood of the cross of Calvary. We're fighting against God, and the enemy just wants to entice us into doing that, to put on armor that doesn't work, to chase things that aren't good, to live in a way that's not led by the Spirit. So he wants us right now, and it's in the world. Listen to me. Lots of people who call themselves Christians are either being deceived or they're not Christians, and they're wanting to go out and fight a physical battle. And there's a lot of chaos going on in people's minds where they're confused and they're, and, and they're ready to pop like a bomb because they're not resting in Jesus and knowing that the battle's already won, that we have the victory. We're overwhelmingly more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. It's already been conquered. He's overcame. All we have to do is receive it and then tell others about it. There's no battle to fight. We're standing, but the enemy wants us out there fighting in the flesh against each other, nipping and biting at each other in the body of Christ, and fighting over somebody to, to be in power or strength or look better or do more. When all we have to do is rest in salvation and the gifting and the deliverance together and be the body of Christ. Remain planted where we're at in the vine and receive from the vine and go out and tell others. Stand. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on all the truth you can find. You're never going to exhaust this truth. This is our armor. Truth is our armor. Truth is a person. It's Jesus. Keep putting it on. You have not got the whole armor on until you see him face to face. Keep it on. Fight with truth so we can stand against the method of the devil, Diablos. Twelve. For, Ephesians 6, 12, for we, we're all in this together, do not wrestle hand-to-hand -hand combat against flesh, sarks, 
It's a, it's a big word, sarks. It's skin, it's flesh. It's speaking of human people. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, blood is the real word for blood. It's actually the word used for the atoning blood of Christ. But it's the real word blood. Life blood is in there. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. It can all be also be translated kindred. So it'd be any type of people, kindred. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but here's the contrast. This is who we wrestle against. This is where it's coming from. Look what it says. Principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's where the battle's at. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Nancy Pelosi. It, it's, it's not Donald Trump. It's not black people, green people, red people. It's not anything to do with skin color, flesh, and blood. It's got to do with demons in heavenly places. A delegated authority is what it's called that are following the devil. And their whole plan is to get us to fight against each other and destroy one another and go to hell and forget about souls that can be saved if we just deliver the truth to them of the word of God. And if we would just stand in the victory and hand out truth, people could be set free. I talked to a gentleman today, and he said, and I said, listen, you're not a victim anymore. He goes, I know. I, I'm a survivor. And I go, no, a survivor is still hanging on to the dog that bit him. A survivor is still hanging on to being a victim. You, if you're in Christ, you are a conqueror, more than a conqueror. And you've already received the victory. You're a new creation in Christ, as, a, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So now you want to look at the dog that bit you. You want to forgive the dog that bit you. And you want to begin to pray for them. You can't overcome them with evil, repaying them for evil. You have to begin to tell them good. Pray for them and good as Jesus said. And, and anybody that's ever harmed you... You become like God to them, little g, by showing them the same mercy, the same grace. I mean, that's my greatest thing that I think about God is he forgave me. So why would I not show that if I'm becoming like Christ, why would I not give other people mercy and grace and forgive them? And then I would be known as a child of God who can forgive. I didn't say you had to sleep with them. I didn't say you had to go ride with them, but you should forgive them and not walk around bitter and angry and mad a victim listening to the very thing that the devil wants you to do trying to overcome evil with evil you're being overcome by evil Christ died to set you free from evil evil being wickedness evil being this same word here wickedness so it's against let me look I got it here here we go boom it's not flesh and blood, but it's principalities, which is the word arc, arche. And it actually means a place and rank where it begins at. It's the leaders. It's principalities and leaders. Now, what is Christ? He's the head of all principalities and powers. He's the head of these. Some people have a problem with this. So, well, then that means God's doing it. No, God allows this entire plan of evil to play out. Because he wants free will people that will choose him. And if we just choose him, he will do the work through us and in us to make us like him. And we can live with him for eternity. 
because he doesn't he, he created angels before and they had free will and they rebelled against him so he's taking a lesser creation where if the lesser creation will just choose to obey him then the greater creation can be defeated forever and he's got to let it play all the way out think about it if he was to stop right now and just go okay we won't play it out this is crazy isn't it what would happen Everybody that suffered, everything that went on before us would have been for naught. But he's going to use all things for good for those who love him. And he's going to end this once and for all and end with a full time of fellowship. All of us in perfect fellowship, worshiping the Father in spirit and truth for eternity in heaven. And show that there's no wisdom or counsel against the Lord. And nobody will ever rebel again because it's already played all the way out. If we don't play it all the way out, that's why sometimes, you know what happens? You punish your kids and you go, this is the punishment. And listen, parents, don't, don't go, you're punished, you're grounded for 14 weeks. Because then the punishment is too great. If you're going to punish, punish for 14 hours or two days. Something that's really simple that gets their attention, that actually helps them learn a lesson. Because what parents do is go, you're punished for two weeks. And then three days in, they give up. And now they don't learn the lesson. And see, if God was to do that, it would always be, I can keep doing this. I can keep doing this. But when you stand firmly and just make the punishment easy to get their attention, and I'm not trying to say that suffering sometimes is easy because it's not. But when we see him face to face, this is nothing compared to the glory that we're going to have when we're with him. And it will all be worth it. So listen, it's principalities and powers it's 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 um, um powers is listen to this force and i thought that was real interesting because now we have a space force i thought well, who uses that word where does that word come from you know this is this is part of the spiritual powers that are against us is a force and i just thought that was interesting i've never really liked a lot of those things but it's powers it's a force it's capacity, it's superhuman, but it's called the delegated influence is what this word powers means. And that's what the devil is doing with his principalities. He's got henchmen everywhere. He's got generals. He can't make up nothing because he's not a creator. He's a perverter of truth. So what does he do? He looks at what God has already done and he puts heads over top and then he makes orderly ranking of his demons that have followed him and they have delegated influence in different areas like Hollywood, like video games, like music, and all of this stuff that is going on in the world. That's mediums. That's what they're called, mediums. That they, they, they bring something to you. And when it's a lie, when it's deception, when it's demonic, it's bringing death to you. But when it's the word of God, God uses preachers and teachers and his word to bring you truth. And you have to decide in your heart, which one do I want to go into my heart to change who I am and transform me? And if you're listening to the earthly, central, demonic world, you're still being conformed to death instead of transformed into new life, metamorpho. So we want to make sure that we're listening to the right place. And if you're standing and putting on the armor of God, you'll be able with the wisdom of God and the spirit of God to recognize the lies of the principalities and powers. Those that have the capacity and delegated influence to come and lie to you 
and train your children in school to come and lie to you and bring you psychology, all of the sociology. I know I get in trouble for this, and, I, and, and I'm not being mean to anybody that is a psychologist, is a sociologist, but all of those things are philosophies that raise themselves up against the knowledge of God. All of them are. And they start with a dichotomy, which leaves God out. Anytime you're studying human behavior, I can tell you what human behavior is. You're a sinner. You have a sin nature. You need Jesus. And that's the only way you're going to get a new nature. There's no other Savior coming. And if you don't, you're going to always chase death. You're going to always listen to the delegated influence of the devil, the original murder from the beginning, if you do not come to Jesus. There's no other way. You might even think you're good because you did some good stuff. You helped a little old lady across the street. Still going to hell because you're listening to the delegated influence of the earthly central demonic wisdom. So look what he says. So there's powers, and it's against the rulers of darkness as opposed to Light. Rulers is cosmocratos. Rulers is cosmocratos. It's the world ruler. It's an epithet for Satan. He's the prince of this age. He's the lord of this world. Small L. And his divine demons. Listen, a third of the angels, a third of the stars fell, Revelation mm-hmm. tells us. A third of the angels, Satan convinced a third of the angels that's in the presence of God that we can overthrow God. Do you think he can't convince us to follow false doctrine? Do you think he can't convince us if we don't have the truth of God and the wisdom of God and the spirit of God to follow his earthly, central demonic religion? Listen, if it's not God's way, then it's false. It's a lie. It's perverted in some way by Satan and his principalities, his delegated authority, his rulers of darkness, obscurity, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Listen to me. The people you see are not the enemy. They might be following a worldview a demonic worldview. They might be believing lies, but the best way to overcome their evil is with good. That's what Christ did. He come and died. He come and laid down his life. He did everything that was good, nothing that was evil. There's no evil in him. And he did it openly in the daytime, in the light, with truth. No matter what they said or did, he just gave them truth and love. And if you'll believe that, receive that, you don't have to fall for their darkness. Heavenly places, really, the spiritual realm. Demonic spirits that are supernatural, they're not carnal. That's what against spiritual hosts the spiritual of wickedness, depravity, malice, plots, sins. What do we do? If it's not the people, if it's not flesh and blood, if it's not the people showing me the tall finger at the stop sign, what do I do? Listen, therefore, he's going to repeat it. Because of all of this, therefore, what's it there for? 
take up the whole armor of God. Why, Greg? That you may be able to withstand and in the evil day, having done all to stand. That's our position. That's our place. That's our power is just standing in truth no matter what happens and waiting for the Lord to come get us. But what are we called to do? Make disciples. Tell them the truth. And then he goes on to tell you what the weapons look like. Now watch, because they're all, they're all defensive. Until you get to the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray. Those are offensive. You can enter in the battle. I'm not going to spend much longer. I want to get to verse 20, and then we'll look at something else, because I want to show you more. Stand, there it is again, histami, abide, continue, remain. Therefore, having girded your waist, this is a belt of truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, which is Christ. He's truth, he's our righteousness. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He's our peace. Uh, above all, listen, you can't do none of this, you can't believe none of this without taking the shield of faith, where which you will be able to quench, what? All the lies, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. He's coming with his methods, with his lies, his earthly, sensual, demonic wisdom. He's going to throw it at you. He's going to present it to you. He's going to say, but Greg, we need this. But that, And he's going to lie to you with all of his delegated influence and his spiritual power to take the fleshly and get you to look at flesh, but the just shall live by faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if we're going to walk by faith, it's not about what we see. It's about what God has said. But that's why my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. We're learning to hear what he said. Here it is written, inscribed on paper. It's written on our hearts. We agree with it. Not what we see. Because you're going to see things that will deceive you. You will see things that will deceive you. I heard a message this week and it was really good about when... Uh, uh, Jacob stole the birthright from Esau and Isaac was dim in his eyes and he couldn't see anymore and he heard the voice and knew it was the voice of Jacob but he was deceived by his other senses he smelled him he felt the hair on him but all of those things had been taken care of so instead of believing the voice he was deceived and he set himself up for deception and he allowed Jacob to steal the birthright Listen to me. You want to hear the voice. Articulate and learn to hear what the voice of truth sounds like. What the wisdom of God is like. What the spirit of God leading you is like. And be surrendered and transformed. And the more you grow, the more you'll be able to go. And you will not be deceived from the knowledge of God. So you want to do that by faith. Putting up, taking the shield of faith. And you'll be able to quench when you... Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't we just need to love? Oh, we can't judge people. Don't we just need to? I, it feels like this is good. Oh, my goodness. I, hey, listen, I am not being mean to any Christians, and maybe I've said it myself. But when you say, well, I just feel like I need to stop it. The wisdom of God, the spirit of God, the truth of God is leading you. It's not about what you feel like. And if you feel like it, it's probably wrong. Davey said when they went to New York, when Twin Towers went down, he said that they got to where they were driving, and Tom would say, which way did Jamie say to go? And, he'd, and they'd say, right. Say, then go left, because his directions are terrible. 
And they would do that, and they would get where they were going. It was funny. Jamie laughs his butt off about it. Because every, every day we're in the van, and I'm like, Jamie, Jamie, no, 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 turn over here. Because he's trying to go the opposite way of what he's supposed to go. Because he starts talking, and then he gets lost in directions. Listen. But my point, listen for the voice of God. Faith is hearing his voice, knowing his word, learning his word. He's here. He's got you. He's already died for you. How will he not give you everything else you need for life and godliness? Listen to me. There's a push out there for us to get involved physically, fisticuffs at some point, to get involved physically in fighting for this world, and this is not our home. We are here for souls and souls only, and we must be fixed upon how do we win souls, Lord? You surrender your life a living sacrifice, and you hand out the gospel. And when people hear it, they make a free will decision about what they're going to do. If you go out there and you make the fight about CRT, you go out there and you make the fight about Marxism, you go out there and make the fight about Republican and Democrat, that is a physical world and physical doctrine that comes from earthly, central, demonic wisdom of the devil, and that's not our home. Is it going on? You bet it is. God said it will get worse and worse. And he's going to allow them to have their own little kingdom for seven years before he brings his kingdom, the fifth kingdom, to destroy them with the breath of his mouth and his appearing. Listen to me. They get nothing. They're going to be punished. Keep standing. Histamine. <coughs> Abide. Continue and remain in the vine. 17, and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, if you look that up, you'll find out that that's rhema. That's the spoken word of God. That's not just the written word of God. That's rhema. That's a specific spoken word toward lies. It tears down strongholds when you know specific spoken words. The sword goes out and you cross blades with the devil and you say, no. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Notice it's rhema. It's a specific word. It's a spoken word. It's not logos. That word there is rhema, word of God. And then what does he say? Listen, this is, this is the offense. The sword of the spirit, which is word of God, and praying always. Prayer, worship, oratory uh, uh, worship of God. You're bringing it to God always. Well, how? With all prayer supplication how the spirit leading it in the spirit and being watchful watchful one that's what my name means being watchful to this end what end with all perseverance long suffering supplication for all the saints listen the body of christ should be worried about the body of christ the body of Christ should be worried about all the saints your decisions affect the rest of the saints the rest of the body Listen, everything my body does is affected by what I put in it. And when you take that analogy, everything that the body of Christ is doing affects the rest of the body of Christ. How do you think it's so lost? The body of Christ that caused themselves the body of Christ have ignored the word of God. And now the body is sick in some ways. And now they're chasing all the worldly doctrines and all of the, 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 the things that the world wants them to do. They're living in the flesh instead of living in the Spirit and being led by the Spirit because they've taken up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Listen, if you want to live by the sword, you have to allow the Spirit of God to lead you in the Word of God. 
and be watchful in prayer. But notice, finally, my whole point, verse 19 and 20. If there was something else to do physically other than this, Paul would have asked for prayer for it. But notice where his heart is, where his intentions are, where he's looking at, what he's wanting to do, what he needs prayer for because God's doing everything else. Notice 19, pray for me that utterance, the spoken word, rhema, may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the good news of Jesus Christ dying for the sins of the world, the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Listen to me. That's what the church needs today. Put on Christ, put on the word of God, learn it, and then speak it boldly in the marketplace. Speak it boldly. We don't have to preach about CRT. We don't have to preach about Marxism. We don't have to preach about politically correctness. We don't have to talk about COVID. We don't have to talk about politics. But we need to open our mouth boldly to make known the gospel. That's the spiritual realm. That's what the Spirit is doing to save souls. It's not a battle of flesh and blood. Listen to me. Now go over to 2 Corinthians 10. We're almost finished, about another hour. 2 Corinthians 10. Paul making utterance. Paul writing letters. Paul speaking up for the gospel. Paul defending himself as the preacher that he was called to be, the missionary. And what is he doing again? Just like he did in Romans 12.1, he's pleading. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. He's pleading. Listen to this. This is not fighting in the flesh. This is not out beating and browbeating people. If you're pleading with somebody, if you're urging, this is what God's doing. He says, we are ambassadors now as if God is pleading through us, be reconciled to God. That's what everything's about. Listen, the gospel of reconciliation, reconciling lives, reconciliating, rewarding, bringing us back to God into the family of God by marriage to the Son of God, who is the Redeemer of God. He's the provision for the sin nature. Listen, now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you. Listen, he could just say, you guys need to get in the Word of God and shut up. But no, he's begging him. He's pleading with them. This is what you, how you're using good. You're not trying to confront them in pride and anxiety and fear and running headlong at them. You plead with them, with you by the meekness and gentleness. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The coming of the Lord is at hand, the Bible tells us. Gentleness of Christ. Wasn't he a gentle man? Yes, Christ was. But that same Christ, when he wanted people to come to salvation, made a whip and turned over tables and scourged the temple. That same Christ wants to wash and cleanse you and me. So he's, he's, he's pleading with them, with this meekness, with this gentleness, with Christ's likeness, who in the presence am lowly among you. Now listen, you're going to see this. In his flesh and blood, Paul was not some big stout soldier. They say he was a little short fat guy. That, that didn't look scary at all. I'm just saying what they say in, in uh, uh, historicity. 
Josephus, and being absent and bold towards you. See, his speech is bold. He's speaking to them boldly because he knows the truth of the gospel. But I beg you, look at these words that he's using, that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walk according to the flesh. See, listen, don't, Paul's saying, don't look at me in my flesh and think that I'm living in the flesh. My boldness is coming from the Spirit. My boldness is coming from the truth. My boldness is coming from standing in the power and the might of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I get my marching orders from Him. So now listen, here's the marching theme song for Christians. Listen to it. Verse 3. For though we walk, that's how we live, in the flesh, sarks, we do not war according to the flesh. We're not out here in a physical battle fighting for the country, fighting for these things. We're fighting for souls. Verse 4, for the weapons, remember our weapons? Sword of the Spirit, it's the armor of God, it's the truth of God. Of our warfare are not flesh. Carnal is the word used, but it's the same word flesh. But mighty in God. What are they for, Greg? For pulling down strongholds. Now listen, strongholds can strongholds can be all these things that we're talking about. The bondages. Strongholds are deeply entrenched sins, but they're also earthly, central, demonic, religious doctrine of demons like CRT, like politically correctness. Like name it, claim it. Like all of these things that are false in the church, they can become strongholds that you've been indoctrinated into that the Spirit of God is not leading you in, that the truth of God does not give you, but somebody trains you in it religiously, or it can be sins that you have deeply entrenched. And these, the truth, the, the weapons of our warfare, the truth of God, pull these down. These prisons, these tombs, these strongholds, these deeply entrenched lies and sins that we have. Listen, but here's what's lost. Here's what's lost. The church wants to live in the flesh. The church wants to fight in the flesh. So they want to be nice and love people. So they believe lying doctrines. They believe that the problem in the world is skin instead of sin. They believe that the problem is what the devil's telling them is the problem. So they pour gasoline on their own fire. Because if you go to the devil for help, Listen, that's what psychology, that's what sociology, that's what all of the schools of higher learning are teaching is an earthly, central, demonic wisdom that leaves God out. Not many people will tell you, I mean, even the atheists and even those liars out there will tell you, no, we want God out of our school. Well, if you take him out, then you're going to end up with an earthly, central, demonic weapon, an earthly, central, demonic worldview. You're going to lose what the truth is. And that's what's going on even in the church because the church is afraid to just pre preach and utter and speak boldly the word of God and let God deal with it. See, listen, if we want to have our lives changed and washed and cleansed, we want to always be ready to bow down to the truth of God. Watch what he's going to say here because he says we're going to have to punish or revenge all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. Watch this. For the weapons of our warfare, it's 10-4. 
are not flesh, they're not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Watch verse 5. Casting down, listen, casting down, this, you know what this means? Lowering with violence. I think it's the way Jesus turned over them tables. With authority. Lowering with, casting down arguments, New King James, imaginations, King James. See, because you know that's where all this comes from. Imagine, imagine all the people living life in peace. Imagine, how, how's that go? Imagine no heaven above us, or no, 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 no hell below us, above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living life as one or something like that. Do you guys remember that song? Imagine. This is, this is the beginning of that. But, but, but wait a minute. Our weapons cast down the imaginations of some devil worshiper singing songs to our soul. Imagine all the people living life as one. You may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. We hope someday you'll join us and the world can be as one. This is one world government. It's being sang to the hearts of people. I was trying to think of the lyrics. I used to know them. Imagine there's no heaven, no hell beneath us, above us only sky, something like that. You know, the Beatles are as evil as ever been. The, 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 the 1964 Beatles revolution and them coming into our uh, country was planned. It was purposed. It was to sing to the youth of our country and to teach them lies. That's all it's for. That's what rock music is for. The devil leading his orchestra of, uh, of a pulpit indoctrinating generations. Then we go, why did they all turn to, to sex, drugs, and rock and roll? Well, because you sang songs to them about rebellion and sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I'm sorry. I got off web. Let's get back. Casting down imaginations and what? Every high thing that exalts itself against what? Knowing God, the knowledge of God, coming to know God deeper, the knowledge of God. This is what this is what our weapons are for. This is what the truth is for. This is what Jesus has come for as an example. This is what he walked it out for. And he took our punishment so we can be set free to learn truth, to walk in truth, to have the spirit of God in us. And these high things. Remember the Old Testament? They had all the high places, the elevated places, the things they put above God. And this is what our weapons are for, so that we will recognize them in our life. What are you putting before God? What are you worshiping before God? What keeps you out of fellowship? What keeps you out of the Word of God? What keeps you from being led by the Spirit of God? These are high things that need to be crushed, thrown down with violence, because they're going to send you to hell if you don't deal with them according to the truth of God's Word, according to the spiritual war. But you know what we do? We go, let's start a program. Let's get another plan. Let's do something else. Let's start fighting against this religiously. Let's come up with something else. We can get everybody involved in our little imaginations. Instead of just surrendering as a living sacrifice and allowing the Spirit of God to transform the people of God into the children of God for the glory of God. It's already finished. But the devil tricks us into following something else instead of the truth of God. Now, notice what he's saying. 
everything that exalts itself. Now, if you'd look over in 2 Thessalonians 2, keep your finger here. I can read it for you if you'd just like to listen. But look at 2 Thessalonians 2, because what has to happen? What has to happen? Let no one deceive you, 2, 3. Let no one deceive you, planeo, cause you to roam from safety by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes, listen, and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself he is God. Listen, I'm just telling you, the exaltation of high things, that's what the end of it is going to be. Everything is exalted against the knowledge of God. Lifted up against. And that's what's going on. Do I have that word? I thought I had that word somewhere. Boom, boom, boom. Let me see if I got it. I don't have it, do I? I think it means worship. But I don't have the word. I apologize. I didn't look it up. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So what do we have to do? Back in your text, 2 Corinthians 10, 5b. 10, 5b. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. B, bringing every thought into captivity to what? To the obedience of Christ. We're going and teaching them what we teach them. After we baptize them, identification to obey the truth, the word of God. Everything that he commanded. Now listen, because every thought, where do you go astray? It's right here. By what you listen to, by what you believe. If you're believing Jesus and believing truth, now you can follow that. But listen, Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide the bone and the marrow, the soul and the spirit, and it is a judge of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So knowing this truth, now you can bring every thought and intent of the heart into captivity. When it happens, you go, wait a minute. It's a sin problem, not a skin problem. In the church, there's neither black nor white. There's neither Jew nor, 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 nor Gentile. There's neither slave nor free. We're, we're talking about spirits and souls. We're not talking about flesh and blood. Because we're in the church now. We take it captive. How do we take it captive? To the truth of God, the wisdom of God. And, how do, and then what we do? To the obedience of Christ. Truth. He's person. Truth. And then what, Greg? Look what he says. And being ready to punish. Punish. The word, the word is revenge. Jesus already just said a while ago in our, in our text that vengeance is mine. But in your personal sanctification, you need to be ready to take vengeance upon the lies that's in your life and cast them down by the power of God according to the word of God. To revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So as you're growing and you're learning, you have to be in charge and take revenge upon your flesh. You have to order your steps right. But you have to ask God to help you do it because it's only his will that will take you forward. But if you say yes, all the power is there to move forward and destroy the disobedience in your life and be washed and cleansed and be able to follow. Now let's do a couple of things. We're just right now at the time. But listen to this. 
if it's exalting itself against the knowledge of God, where do we get the knowledge of God? Look at Proverbs 2. Proverbs 2, verse 1. If you're reading through the schedule, we're in Proverbs. Good book to read every day for the day. Look at 2.1. My son, if you receive my words, and I, and I believe when you have the word of God and you receive it, it's with the intent to obey it. And treasure my commands within you. Not earthly mammon, but treasure the word of God. So that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. So you're spending time with God. You're asking. You're searching out truth. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Listen, this is the way we're supposed to search for it. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. I'm trying to find your voice. I'm searching for your voice. I want to hear your voice because you said your sheep hear your voice. You know them and they follow you. So I want to learn what the voice of God sounds like in my life. What truth looks like. And you know what? When you have a question, does it line up with the word of God? Does it line up with what God's character is? What his, what his name is? Where was I at? Verse 7. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. Because he's making our path straight. But how do you stray from that knowledge? How can you stray from that knowledge that, that you're being deceived by and you're not listening and you're listening to some earthly central demonic wisdom? Look at Proverbs 19.27. Proverbs 19.27 tells us how people stray from the knowledge of God. Cease listening, and that's listening with a heart to obey. Cease listening to instruction, my son. And what's, what's instruction? The word of God is God-breathed. I mean, I mean, excuse me. All scripture is God-breathed and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in right living before God, that the man of God might be thoroughly equipped and ready for every good work. Cease listening to this instruction with the intent to obey and you will stray from the words of knowledge, the words of knowing. Uh, listen, we're supposed to always be on the grow so we can be on the go, so we can be a witness to others. But it's all a spiritual battle. It's not flesh and blood. And, and, and we cannot overcome evil or excuse me, we're not supposed to be overcome by evil, but we're supposed to overcome evil with good. And there's none good but God. We need to listen to what God is saying. And be careful. Be careful with the fight song of the world that says, let's go out there. We'll take this back. And us Republicans, we'll get her done. Listen to me. Be very careful who you side with 
when you're supposed to be betrothed to Christ. Be very careful what you're doing. This is not our home. And I know it sounds good, but it's not how we overcome evil with good. God is good. Not man's plan to win a political party. And again, I am not advocating that you should not vote. If you want to vote, you do whatever. What do you do not do by faith is sin, the Bible says. Right there in this chapter, right? The next chapter, 13. You can look at it. Romans 13, the next chapter. Is that where we were at? We're in Corinthians. Where's Romans 13, the next chapter that starts off with obeying? Is that in the New Testament? I got lost. Oh, Romans, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Is Romans after Acts? I can't even find the page. Here it is. I'm about to sleep. Is it the last verse? Oh, maybe it's 14. I'll find it in a minute. Uh, 14, the last verse of 14, 23. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Because we're living in the Spirit. We're living by faith. The just shall, those that have been justified by Jesus, walk by faith. Faith in truth. Faith in a God that we can't see, but we know what he's done and what he's doing. And we're learning truth. We're learning to put on truth. The armor of God. The full armor of God. And we are not supposed to be trying to be, we're not supposed to overcome evil or be overcome by evil. Listen, God's already defeated the world. Christ defeated the world. Evil does not win. We know the end of the testimony of God. So don't be overcome by their evil, but overcome evil by good. In Nero's days, they were killing them. They were killing Christians. And there were soldiers that were leading the army of Nero and would be standing there and they would watch Christians go to their death because they went peacefully and they would take off their Roman soldier clothing and die with them. Just like that. Because of the good that they seen in the people who believed in God. It's pretty amazing what we have as a testimony. And yet, when you try to compare what we're doing today in the church culturality, it looks nothing like the Acts Church. It looks nothing like faith. It looks a lot like a bunch of flesh with a bunch of earthly resources that is trying to get everybody to get in their box, to come to their building, to be part of their denomination, and do what they say instead of be led by the Spirit of God for the glory of God for such a time as this. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. Do not be deceived by evil. Oh, next week, 1 Corinthians 3.18. That's your memory verse, 1 Corinthians 3.18. I think that it's probably going to be somewhere around 2029 before we get through 2 Kings. I am sorry. I really like the Old Testament. I love it to death. 1 Corinthians 3.18. Listen, let no one deceive himself. You know, that's the worst kind of deception is self-deception. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him became a, become a fool that he may become wise. 
1 Corinthians 3.18. Write that down. Memorize it. Find out what God would say to us. You know, James says, do not be hearers only deceiving yourself. When we hear the word of God and it begins to produce faith and we go away and we don't do the word of God, that's self-deception. And maybe we'll talk about that the next time we look at memory verse 1 Corinthians 3.18, let no one deceive himself. The only type of deception is self-deception. When you have the spirit of truth in the world, convicting of sin and righteousness and judgment, when you have the truth before you, and then you choose to follow lie, self-deception. I believe it's the only kind of self-deception that can be. Because God is revealing himself to every person, every soul, He's not willing that any would perish, but all would come to repentance. Stop deceiving yourself and wake up. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that we would not be overcome with evil in a way that we would enter into a physical battle, but we would overcome evil with your good, that we would keep speaking truth to a dead and dying generation. As we live in perilous times where even the church has a reduction of strength because they've walked away from your word and they've listened to men like Janus and Jambres, those that would resist even your power. Lord, we pray for mercy. Help us to return back to your spirit, leading us through your word for your glory. Help us to hear your voice and obey you. Lord, we pray Come quickly, Lord Jesus, but we pray that you would save souls. Bring a great awakening to our area. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The Lord bless you.